This episode of Bonfireside Chat, Appendix, is brought to you by listeners like you. If you go to patreon.com forward slash duckfeedtv, you too can support this podcasting network. A couple bucks a month makes a huge difference. Good night and good luck and continue listening on. And I want to say hi to all my friends who are listening. And I want to say thank you to all our Patreon backers. Some of our landings were desperate adventures. We are now prepared to meet the inevitable counterattacks with power and with confidence. My name is Gary Butterfield. My name is Cole Ross. And I am Vivian. And this is Bonfireside Chat Appendix, yeah. where we read your responses to the gutter. Yeah. Thank you so much for uh, sticking around, Vivian. Yeah. Yeah, no problem. I am always down to do a little gutter diving. D- <laughs> DTP. I uh... <laughs> now do podcast. Boom. <laughs> We're going to find some hot East Coast singles that are DTP. <laughs> um... <laughs> oh, man. Oh, man. So uh, just a little bit of a disclaimer here. Uh, we are no less wrong this week than we are most weeks. Um, however, we're not going to have a follow-up section because the gutter and black gulch are very divisive. And we got a lot of response about these mm-hmm. two areas. Uh, so I have saved all of your corrections and outrage about uh, the things that we said in error. And they will come back at a later time. Do not worry. Uh, but mm-hmm. uh, this is going to be all gutter all the time with a little mm-hmm. bit of black gulch thrown in. And uh, we're going to begin with uh, some bite, bite-sized responses from Facebook uh, that I am calling shorties. Yep. Got shorties in, in the house. Yeah. Um, do you want to get us started with shorties? Or who who's going to start, start the first shorty? I don't know. You spoke first after I said shorties. So. Okay. I, I will start the, the first uh, shorty. Um, Chad Everett Bailey says via Facebook, more like the Green Gulch. Am I right? You are. <laughs> Indeed, yeah. right. In, indeed, you are. Yeah. Moving on. <laughs> uh, Ludwig Westman of Westman. There we go. Whoops. Over Germanified, you guys. Sorry. Uh, via Facebook says, I think that the Black Gulch was way too short. It had potential to be the new Tower of Latria for me, but ended up being a bum rush for 30 seconds to the boss. Hmm. Hmm. Yeah. I don't know about Latria. Uh, the heartbeat kind of thing, the, the, that motif is uh, pretty powerful throughout. But Insofar as it's actually creepy for a Souls level, I would <laughs> I would kind of agree with that. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, it, it, it is spooky. Mm-hmm. It is like, I'm, I like that it is short because it's something, like I said, it's something that the Souls games haven't really done mm-hmm. before. Like, it's so dense yeah. in such a small geographic area. Um, but I understand what you mean. Like, if you just wanted to spend more time with this kind of atmosphere, because it is a unique atmosphere in Dark Souls 2. Like, this kind of thing doesn't really come up. Right. Again. So. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, Alex Ike on Facebook offers the following long-winded and detailed response to, I suppose, the gutter and Black Gulch. He says the pit <laughs> here. <clears throat> Fuck poison statues. And that would be it. And then he drops yep. the mic. And then he drops yep. the mic. Yeah. Which I don't have a microphone to drop. I, don't, I couldn't yeah, effect yeah. there. Yeah. Don't drop your actual no. mic. Wait a second. Here. <laughs> yeah. There we go. I just I just rammed my microphone into the desk from the boom. <laughs> so have fun with that, Gary. I you, I could barely hear it. Okay. So not, that's not a cue to do it again. So it makes it harder to edit. <laughs> um, <laughs> that shock mount. Damn it! Yeah, you, um, did, you did it way too gingerly. <laughs> so. Yeah, it is also a very expensive microphone. 
Yeah, Look at me, I'm a podcaster. Um, yeah, okay. just, just probably gingerly enough. Yeah. Um, uh, Brian Brian Russell Wade says via the Facebook page, uh, all I have to say about the whole area is that on my first playthrough, that fucking heartbeat stressed me out so much, I had to put the game down for a night. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, omnipresent gloom, yeah. Um, which is which is a nice... Uh, Nice little touch. Again, that idea of the fake out, right? Like we were expecting to go into a big room full of organs in uh, Sinner's Rise, and uh, we never quite found the room full of organs. So I'm not yeah. quite sure where the heartbeat comes from here, aside from those Hugo ventricle um, vessels. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's just a, or, or just uh, the the rotten's heart mm, from way yeah. down deep. Mm. Yeah. And uh, finally, uh, Jesse Hamill says via Facebook, I tend to agree with the idea that the hollows were trying to build their way out. The rotten is super interesting too. Not really sure what to make of the arm dropping the lockstone. However, um, yeah, I think that we both, uh, we, in the main episode, we, uh, were with you mm-hmm. on that for the most part. And the what, you know, what to make out of it. Um, I think it's Pharos. Um, may bear out not to be true, but I think we'll know soon enough. Yeah. So it is as satisfying as any answer. So I'll, yep. yeah. For the time being, <laughs> um, but yeah, thank you everybody for your your rapid responses. Um, yeah. And here's kind of a little bit longer ones uh, through various methods mm-hmm. or means, rather. Yeah. So I think this is you, Vip. Yeah. Okay. So this is Gustavo via the contact form. Uh, Summer Rada first. I do not live on a boat. I am an active <laughs> duty. <laughs> <laughs> just in general <laughs> okay everybody whenever you write in start with do you live on a boat or not yeah yay or nay <laughs> uh, go ahead go ahead i am an active duty coastie and i was stationed on board a coast guard cutter i am literally in the middle of moving to the west coast i may have been drunk when i wrote that message so he's referring to uh last week uh i i, I posited that he may or may not live on a boat because of yeah, we- uh the we cues in his message life. about living on a while. boat. Yeah, we did. We just camped out on boat life. We had a lot yeah. of material. Twenty minutes or so. Uh, yeah, but uh, but uh, he's a he's a coastman. Mm-hmm. He says anyway <laughs> into the gutter. I technically went to the gutter first, then the grave of saints, but the exploding undead ruined my day. Wait, what? Yeah. If you if you um, ladder down, you can miss the grave of saints. Oh, okay, cool. I didn't. Okay, sorry. That's my bad. Once I reached the gutter proper, I was in love with its grotesque, overbearing, dark environment, slowly walking with a torch in one hand and my magic staff in the other, and getting scared by giant, disfigured dogs and exploding undead. The only part that I didn't like was the descent to the gulch. I still haven't unlocked that bonfire. The gulch was tense, but not as good as the gutter. Radioactive green moss, spit-happy statues, and Manus's minute hens that jump out of combustible black liquid to, mo- to munch on humanities. The Rotten was, for me, the hardest old one. I couldn't figure out how to dodge or block his attacks. Eventually, I decided to just go full mage on him, finally killing him. Afterwards, I made a magic mace and never, ever used a sword again. Yeah. Hmm. Hmm. So that's interesting. I kind of I found him to be one of the easier bosses, kind of. Yeah. You know, Dark Souls finds your weaknesses. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Different, yeah, different people have different... Uh, it's always surprising to me what's uh, what's difficult and what's not for people. Mm-hmm. Um, he, you know, he hits pretty hard. So if you're a, a fairly squishy mage, and uh, and he's getting you, I could see it. Yeah, yeah. for sure. Um, yeah, the the the, the manis connection on those hands, I'm sure it's pretty weak, but uh, visually it's kind of the same. Like the manis hands uh, in uh, in Dark Souls One, the the idea that they have those suckers, and here you have those uh, sunflower radial teeth kind of things. Again, I will never stop talking about how unsettling these guys are. But yeah, yeah. yeah. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. Thanks. Yep. Aaron says via the contact form, the real MVP of the gutter is the torch. It sounds like people don't bother with it much, but its light is the most powerful tool uh, for your chosen undead. I remember running low on torch fuel during my first playthrough and cautiously scouting and backtracking to conserve my precious light. I ran out just as I approached the neon green fluid stains of the Black Gulch, replacing one worry with another. The poison spitting statues are one of the most unsettling features of the game because they raise so many questions about what they are and who made them, why the rotten seems so smitten with them, and why they are so casually left around the town hole uh, in the ground. Sorry, the town's hole in the ground in mm. Majula. It is a mystery. You know, the municipal hole in the ground. Yeah, the pit. Yeah. Y'all fall in the pit. Yeah. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. You pri- primarily agreed. I, I, you know, definitely use the torch for, for this area. Um, yeah. I don't have to now that I kind of know the way through it. Like, yeah. you know, like the, my second time through any area in Dark Souls, like more or less figure out how to speed run it. Um, but I like using it. Like I, I like the proper way of doing it a little bit more. Yeah. And I like the idea of, uh, the neon green fluid stains. <laughs> that has a great, like fluid like stains is like a great it's an episode of Dateline. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, like that. The, exactly. It's not actually green. It's just there's a black light, kicking black light above the the black light gulch. And the, uh, if you if, you know if you can if you go down in New Game Plus Seven and kill both the giants, you find their like bitch and Marley poster. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And in New Game Plus Ten, it's a rave. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so so regarding the proximity to Majula, I can't remember. Did you guys kind of settle on the idea that the mansion belongs to Aldia or to Pharaohs? Because my like my read on it was kind of that the mansion might have been Pharaohs' house. The reason why I thought it was Aldia's was because of the Lord Vessel in the basement. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and had to do with that. And like, you know, somebody some scholar lived there, you know, giant books and stuff mm. in there. Um Pharaohs would make a kind of sense too, but I had Pharaohs his kind of home base being the the doors of Pharos. Um, you know, but it could be, you can kind of like make a path from the doors of Pharos to the mansion, to the grave of saints, to the, you know, the gutter, to the, the black gulch yeah. and have him land there as well. I don't see so. a lot of reason that either Pharos couldn't have preceded all of that. And it could have been Pharos, Pharos, house than Aldia's or mm-hmm. that he couldn't have been in cahoots with everybody. Um, yeah. you know, with, with, with Aldia, like I imagine like Bruce Banner and Tony Stark, they could have had a lot to talk about, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> there's, there is no, I mean, outside of my <laughs> fan fiction, there's, yeah. there's nothing to back that, but, uh, I wrote know. a story about Aldia and Reed Richards conspiring. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, let's hope that Aldia doesn't get his hands on a Reed Richards class, <laughs> cosmically irradiated hero. We fucked. Uh, It'd be know. like when those stretchy uh, undead show up in Code Veronica. <laughs> the banner snatches? <laughs> yeah, the banner snatches. Yeah. God, I love those things. Yeah. yeah. Huh. Even though we, when we we talked about other Resident Evil games to do mm-hmm. for WAF, yeah. um, that would be an interesting thing to do because that, that is an interesting Resident Evil game. I love it. Yeah. I don't know if we necessarily like what choice we'll make when we do a next Resident Evil game. Or I do, but I don't necessarily want to reveal it. <laughs> yeah. But that would be that would be an interesting one to do because mm-hmm. it, is, it is in a weird spot. Like it is the generational... The, you know, as the last one before, uh, before four. Yeah. Like, There's a lot of yeah. Resident Evil chaps between Revelations and then somebody on the WAF page asked if we did uh, Outbreak. Yeah. Yeah, what we thought of Outbreak and everything. Yeah. And it just makes me wish that I could beat Waxworks so I could move on in X-Ray. <laughs> yeah, and eventually get to uh, Alone in the Dark. So you can eventually get to, uh, to Resident Evil. God. I'm hoping to make some headway on vacation. But 
Yeah. Take a nice waxworks vacation. <laughs> Yikes. <laughs> the worst. Yeah. Alone in the Dark is hard to play too, man. Like it is better, but that is a hard game. To yeah, have. no, I've, I've, I've made headway into Alone in the Dark. Okay. <laughs> like I, I can, I can wrap my head around the ways in which Alone in the Dark is broken. Yeah, it, it is. It is an unfriendly experience. Yeah. Um, hmm. uh, moving on. Uh, Jfish says via contact. As I glimpsed the broken wooden platforms and dimly lit areas of the gutter, my ass clenched. Uh, and went beyond diamond creeping type pressures as I recalled the controller breaking fits I experienced in Blighttown. I'm pretty sure I had to dump out before tackling the first drop by the poison statues. Some of these turns of phrase, right? Yeah, I, I didn't edit that out because I wasn't sure if it was specifically referring to don't, poop. But yeah, don't, don't edit it out. Like, I, I love this. Like, I just trying to figure out exactly. It's very visceral. Yeah. Um, <laughs> As I as I boldly pushed forward, I realized that it wasn't nearly as tough as its Dark Souls uh, doppelganger. This is certainly one of the few areas that requires a torch upon first exploration until you learn your favorite route through the zone. I remember that the most significant oh shit moment I had in the gutter slash gulch zone was when I first glimpsed the absurd collection of statues that littered the black gulch and thinking that rolling alone would likely be insufficient to navigate the sadistic creation. It looked like Slimer from the Ghostbusters had a fucking party in this space. <laughs> you know what we forgot to mention is uh, in the uh, gutter, that room that is just literally filled with these things. Oh, yeah. Has, like, the treasure. But there's that room where there's just like it's like a storage room for them. And there mm-hmm. are yeah. at least 40 of them. Yeah. We also forgot to mention the one that is hanging from a noose. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's great. That's, that's super creepy. Uh, that's how the room with Hobbo's armor is, too. I don't know. If- yeah. Yeah. It's basically just like a dumping ground for leftover poison statues. Yeah. It's like the those statues in uh, Sen's Fortress, like where they store all of their statues of the guy holding out his palms. Yeah, uh, just or the really statue, time statue. The, the the surplus astrolabes and dukes. Yeah, just like, like how many astrolabes one person needs um, until we answer the questions of the stars. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it, I mean. It, we didn't call attention to it, but it is kind of disturbing how they go from being strategically placed in the gutter to just now they're every fucking where in a, uh, in a uh, black gulch. Yeah. Yeah. You know, aside from the junk room where they're every fucking where, but like that, 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 that is kind of a subtle shift in, in tone. I don't know. I have, I have it an incident. I mean, very well. So if you think about, um, Pharos and him designing traps in grave of the saints, mm-hmm. as he moves down and kind of loses his mind, he could yeah. very well be, you know, imagine him slowly transform, like having finding the soul slowly transforming yep. as he moves down, mm-hmm. and uh, kind of having an order in them, and then eventually just kind of just making them compulsively until they're just everywhere. Yeah, and you know, it's I mean, it's a little bit like I don't know, trigger warning or whatever. I have a weird relationship with obsession, so like mm-hmm. it is strangely resonant for me to like notice that kind of as we're piecing this together through conversation and mm-hmm. me slowly getting quieter and quieter. Yeah. <laughs> Well, don't make any poison statues. <laughs> okay, cool. Be okay. Yeah, I'll write yeah, this. If you find any glowing one, souls, a... don't pick them up. I'll write this on an index card. Yeah. I'll just put it everywhere. <laughs> yeah. And file it alphabetically with your other ones. <laughs> yep. Yeah. <laughs> uh, who who is next? I believe uh, that would be me. Yeah. Uh, this is Tanner via the contact form. When I first stumbled upon the dark precipice of the gutter, my mind was instantly screaming, The Abyss! Oh, dear God, no! When the area name text revealed itself, I laughed a genuine but fairly nervous laugh. The name was hilarious, and the implications were grim. All told, I was pretty nonplussed by the area. 
The encounters felt satisfying if a tad repetitive, but the creepy feeling I got from raiding what were essentially homes was pretty effective. It felt more like the early stages of the Valley of Defilement than Blighttown. The other encounter I feel redeemed this area for me was the entirely hidden fight with the two giants. Seeing those guys down here on my second playthrough had me questioning my already shaky lore thread. Yeah. Hmm. So it's interesting because this, you know, because of its close relationship with the Valley of Defilement and Blighttown, um, it has this weird distinction of being part of a canon of, you know, shitbergs, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, as yeah, opposed to every, yeah, exactly. Um, as opposed to, every, you know, like most of the other places where the connections are just a smidge more loose, right? Like the connection between like Latria and Dukes or, uh, you know, Lost Isolith and, uh, you know, Stonefang Tunnel, like just um, all throughout, there's just like kind of this loose kind of connection. Whereas, you know, these ones, I don't know why, but the connection seems a lot, a lot more close, right? A lot yeah. more tightly wound. Yeah, I'd agree with that. Like, and it, it's playing off meta knowledge. Like, mm-hmm. you know, the, the developers know how hated those areas are. Yeah. Well, I mean, so, like, and, the, and we said in the Valley of Defilement episode, like, leading up to this, like, <laughs> they're going to take this and make it something different than what we expect. Yeah. Like, we called it ahead of time. Yeah. The same way, you know, they haven't had their, um, you know, Solaire level bro wearing a spiked helmet and standing by a ledge yet. <laughs> but, but someday they'll do that, you know, and, uh, and he'll get kicked off a ledge sadly (laughs) but yeah like this very much plays into the meta knowledge you know like of of having being a souls veteran you know the expectations are intentional and and part of uh you know part of it yeah so Mm -hmm. um so dylan yeah this is uh dylan says via contact uh the first time i entered the gutter and saw a volley of poison balls shoot towards me i left back both in game and out I sprinted backwards and waited, expecting either an army of spitting scorpion beasts or mini hydras. But after a few moments, nothing came out. Taking a breath, I walked back in and realized I had found Blighttown 2.0. Going through the gutter for the first time was incredible. The whole time I was on edge, jumping between ramshackle towers of wood, rolling like crazy to avoid the poison flying every which way, and swinging my swords like a madman whenever some hollow or weird lizard dog approached me out of nowhere. After I beat the game, I went back down to have a better look around, grabbing a torch and lighting all the sconces. I immediately realized how the hollows are nearly the same color as the wood, and that the and that plus the poison spitting statues led me to drop a bonfire side chat style Vietnam War reference slash thesis for the area. Charlie is just not in the trees. Charlie is the trees. <laughs> I think okay. So the first time we made the Vietnam, the Vietnam, the first time I I'm going to own this entirely because of my uh, my childhood growing up watching Vietnam movies. The first time my I made that of the Vietnam War. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Paul is Vietnamese. He may not sound like it. Yeah, or, or look like it. Yeah, or look yeah. like it on the rough streets of Da Nang. Yeah, um, <laughs> yeah. No. I just grow, growing up watching Platoon and whatnot. Uh, no, no. It was about uh, it was about the uh, the Darker Garden and saying that Charlie is the trees in reference to the ambushing uh, ants that would come after you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but it's t- I mean, it's kind of true here a little bit. Maybe yeah. I don't know. Anytime we can draw comparisons to real world tragedy, yeah, in our podcast about a video game series, I think it's probably a good thing to do. You know, you're probably the person I've I've encountered who is most sensitive about the Vietnam War, aside oh, from somebody who's been there. Oh, I, I just recognize that it's a thing. Like I, I do that too. Like I, you know, I'm not. I, I say these. I compare things to uh, 
And, you know, I, I say I throw the word Holocaust around sometimes. Yeah. I'm not I'm not innocent of it. Yeah. It's just like I'm also I try to be aware of like how it's <laughs> probably offensive to somebody. Yeah. Um, somebody out there. You know. yeah, I, I don't know. Like, again, I'll just blame it on my unstuck in timeness. Yeah, like you watch a lot of MASH. <laughs> I do. I mean, it's not Vietnam, but like it gets you in the... Well, I mean, you might as well be. Yeah, like it gets yeah. you in the mindset of, yeah. you know, I mean, just, wars of yesteryear. You know what? Just just watch the Sniper episode of MASH and try not coming out of that changed person. I'm done and done. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. I can't tell if you're being serious. <laughs> I think Cole is being serious. I am being flip. Okay. Well, yeah, no, I was yeah. trying to figure Cole out. The, 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 the yeah. second you figure me out, I stop being relevant or stop... You know, I lose whatever relevance I had. So he's a, he's a Loki figure. Yeah, <laughs> I'm a tri- um, he's a Mister Mix- Trickster <laughs> God, <of laughs> the, the Trickster God of podcasting. Yeah, oh, yeah, man. I I, not I will that. not give you that title. Nope, I, don't think I, I will. I will not even. I will not <laughs> I even self give that. It's just a yeah. funny turn of phrase. <laughs> it is funny <laughs> that, that might belong yeah. to somebody else, but not me. So yeah. Yep. Along no, said dastardly I, Jesse Thorne. <laughs> he does dress kind of like a trickster god, doesn't he? Yeah, and his mustache is like, you know, one step of affectation away from being twirlable. <laughs> like, just, yeah. no. just waking up one more time with a little bit more crisis in his heart and <laughs> we'll be there. Yeah, I hate myself too much to call myself a god of anything, so continuing. Hmm. Um, who's who's up? I have lost track more in this episode <laughs> than ever before. Be you, I believe. Yeah, I believe it's All right. Yes. Um, Nick, by context, says, I felt pretty ho-hum about the gutter outside of the torch getting its first bit of use. It was nice to have those lightable sconces, but this is probably the most time sconce has ever been said, <laughs> like in this sort of period. Like what a word that I was trying to come up with a synonym for that earlier. And I was like, that's really not like that. It just, that's a singular term. A, 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 a torchier? Yeah, torchy, um, light hole. I thought you were talking about scones until just now. So. Yeah, I would. I, would I, I keep reading it as scones too, and the idea of a lightable scone or lighting all the scones, like it just smells like baking bread. What if all of these areas that look like they really stink in Dark Souls really smell great, and we just don't know it because it's a, you know, a visual yeah. medium? It's like how Chicago, like the big river of shit that runs through the middle of Chicago, smells like chocolate because of like the chocolate factory there. Yeah. Um, Anyway, uh, having all those lightable sconces along the path in case you die and don't want to waste time um, on your torch uh, just to do the same path again. But long term, they don't serve as much use as I only ever go through this place once. What was cool was when I first discovered the giant ant queen near the fog door, and my thoughts immediately brought me back to the fool's idol from Demons. I was convinced that this ant queen was going to fuck me over if I went through that fog door without killing her first. Interesting. Um, but sadly, all my effort was for naught, as there was no boss or even uh, trap to correspond to her at all. The Galt, on the other hand, was really cool, both visually and from a gameplay standpoint. It's this nice balance of having a short level feel longer than it is by literally surrounding you with spitting statues. And trying to run through them was uh, trying to run through a hallway of bullets. Bullets that kill you at a moderate pace. Um, I really, really <laughs> like love the Like in Civil puddle. War? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like some war, like Vietnam. Yeah. Um, I really, really love the puddle creeps and how you can set their puddles on fire with uh, any fire weapons <laughs> items. Those guys made the gulch for me. Can Puddle Creeps be the official name for those monsters? Because I really... I mean, it's all wikis, so we can go edit that and then keep editing it back until we're banned. (laughs) The idea of the ant being like a a fool's idol thing, that's interesting. Oh, for sure. I mean, and just the fact that the fog door is right after that. You know, yeah. if you're coming to this, like the, I mean, I don't remember the the dirty colossus um, having a <laughs> having a particular having a particularly well telegraphed fog door. It's just a fog door, or the you know the the white mist or whatever they called it there. Yeah. Like, yeah. 
I kind of feel like they were maybe trolling us a little bit because they ought not to have fog doors in arbitrary places here. Like, is that yeah. a, I mean, is, is that a real significant, like, it's just, you know, it, there's no reason for it to be there. Right. And this game mm. does some fool's idol stuff too. Like spo- spoiler for later areas, but Earth yeah. there's a really good example of that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cause I was going to say that like, you know, as much as I actually end up really liking the fool's idol, I think that some people really cried bullshit on it. Mm-hmm. And you could see if it wasn't for what you were, I was just about to make the same point you're making there where like, if it wasn't for that, you would think that maybe they just weren't going to do that again. Mm-hmm. Um, but they, you know, they are definitely do it. Like that ant, I really want that ant to have something to do with the DLC. <laughs> <laughs> like I want more from that ant. Like we are putting so much expectation. Know this ant story. <laughs> yeah, in the ant's life. On the most um, meager creature. Yeah, like or just, or just the DLC. Like we have such a lore expectation from this well, DLC. Like it is not really fair to the people who are making it. Well, Vivian, you had my favorite comment about this about the DLC announcement, which was that DLC really tied the lore together. Hmm. <laughs> just like. How perfect yeah, is no. that? Like as to what everybody's expectation was, like a rug in the dude's living room. <laughs> like we're just yes. hoping that this one thing will cover up a pile of what might ultimately be shit. Hmm. Huh. I, I mean, I think Artorias of the Abyss really did in the first game too, yeah. and I, and given the fact that you know, won't get into some nerdy debate about whether they planned this and how big of assholes FromSoft is for doing this to us. But Everybody but who has this, more money than you is an asshole. Oh, sure, totally. <laughs> okay. But yeah, but like given the sense that they probably had an idea they were going to do this or that they started working on this even during the normal development of the game, yeah, like I think it is almost a guarantee that we're going to get a lot of explanation for things that don't make any sense in a bad way. Hmm. Yeah, I hope so. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Murph Murphy says via Facebook, I love the change of pace that the pit brings. Uh, creeping in darkness or sans shield to get a little light. Such a great atmosphere of despair and fear. The only thing this area lacks is a boss. The Black Gulch is a bit of a miss for me. It's too short and too fast-paced. That wide one, that dank depression, that moist maw, the trashiest of trenches, the pit. Hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I, don't, I, I see. I see them all as one area, like title cards. You know, they're like loading screens. You know, yeah. Or or fog doors. They may not mean anything. Like we just like we established with that ant. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So Jeff Deginger via Facebook says, "The first time I went to the gutter, I was so happy that the lighting mechanic had a role, like." any sort of role in general. I couldn't see. I had to lurk forward slowly and try and peer deep into the darkness. The stage breaking out from under you was freaky, especially when you fell into a family of hollows. <laughs> the extra big dog lion things were more of a challenge than expected. But on subsequent playthroughs, it feels like the annoying place with the dogs and bridges that I don't really think about too often. From a lore standpoint, I don't even understand what it's doing here besides evoking flashbulb PTSD memories of Blight Town. It was Christmas 1968. We thought we had everything won. But the Tet Offensive was right around the corner. (laughs) Some folks are born made to reflect. Ooh, they're red, white, blue. Um, yeah. Yeah. Anywho. Yeah, I mean, we we made our guess as to what that lore perspective may be. You can take or leave it, I think. Um, yeah, there's no, there's a lot to it. But I when agree. rotten comes to the door, 
Um, yeah, Alex Sconzo uh, says a great name. P- pretty close um, to sconces. Yeah, <laughs> Alex Sconces. Um, Alex Light Pit says via Facebook, um, I thought that the gutter was significantly worse than Blighttown from a gameplay perspective, mainly being that Blighttown at least had a goal, whereas the gutter, you just sort of stumble around until you happen to find your way down to the gulch. In Blighttown, you were heading down and could clearly see why. You can always look down and see the swamp or the spider nest below. The gutter doesn't really have any of that, and I think it is worse off for it. The hmm. comforting giant spider nest. That <laughs> 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 I'm going to be there old. eventually. <laughs> I'm just yeah. picturing, like, in a, in a Charlotte's Web-esque fashion, one of the Blighttown crag spiders <laughs> just <laughs> weaving salutations. Hmm. Some pig, crispy bacon. <laughs> Some long pig. Wait a minute. Yeah. <laughs> oh, uh, chat cross says we and then Paul Paul Lind is a rat king for some reason. How <laughs> yeah, the, whole... <laughs> the, the humans really betrayed me. Uh-huh. It's like the Hollywood Square, Charlotte's Web area of <laughs> Dark Souls too. Uh, I, I will I will once again remind people when I am making that voice I am making fun of Paul Lind not gay people okay yeah. alright <laughs> so Chad Cross says via Facebook the gutter really stressed me out it's probably the first area where I attempted to light every sconce I could uh, to explore without sacrificing a shield I also fell quite a bit I think that this is the first area where I realized how annoying verticality can become <laughs> Uh, when a simple stack of logs in the shape of a stair step is insurmountable. Instead of just stepping up, I was forced to backtrack or explore alternative routes that often led me to repeat poor route selection. Uh, I love Black Gulch. The heartbeat music brought me back to Latria. The poison statues uh, provided an interesting incentive to just, quote, try running through. And the giant worms and coal tar creatures provided a strong incentive to figure out how to deal with the statues. Uh, I first tried firebombs and discovered a cool side effect, burning the tar pits. After wasting a ton of firebombs, destroying the statues, and dying, I had to find an alternative. Try whip! No <laughs> no excuses are necessary to make a whip viable in this game. Whip fast. Whip fast. <laughs> yeah. What was yep. the name of that book, Gary? Uh, let's get cracking. Okay. I got bull whips. <laughs> <laughs> I've known the title of that book for a year, but it never ceases to be funny. When if it ever like it. becomes ninety nine cents on Kindle, I, I'm going to buy it and read it. <laughs> so, <laughs> and then you're going to be whip guy. That's going to be your Portland affectation. I'd do it, man. I could be. I'll just get like one of those big, you. tall, awful bicycles and just whip around. <laughs> a penny farthing. <laughs> yeah, give yeah, me Butterfield in a penny farthing. Yeah, just whipping everything in sight. That would look ridiculous. Like I, I am way too much. Like I've got the Karnov body type way too much for that. Like <laughs> Karnov body type. <laughs> like, the kind of guy that's Karnov in the bedroom and Karnov in the kitchen. If you know what I mean. What's <laughs> um, oh. mm-hmm. Robin so, say? So on the uh, just like one thing about that message actually on the, the note about verticality and foot high walls being a thing in the Souls games, Uh-oh. like. <laughs> I'm really curious if Bloodborne will give us, since they're saying that it's going to be a little more actiony or a little more fast paced, you know, they're kind of ditching the shield and stuff. I'm curious if we're going to get some kind of functional vertical jump or like better climbing ability so that that mm-hmm. isn't mm-hmm. really a thing anymore. Yeah. Just, yeah. Just 
It's just a little weird muse in there. The, I yeah, mean, it, may, it might, might be might be the case. Um, like, I, I tend to hand wave stuff like that, you know, as, like, being okay. Like, invisible walls and that kind of thing doesn't don't bother me that much because, I mean, the developer could just put in real walls yeah. and it would be fine. Right. Like, I understand that just this is where they want me to go. This is where I shouldn't go. It's a little bit obnoxious, but, like, the um, Matthew Matosis, who is a YouTuber, like, his uh, Dark Souls 2 criticism that's, like, an hour long spends a long time talking about that waist-high wall in this Rhine of Winter that you can't get past. And it's like, it's annoying. Like, it's like, okay, that doesn't really follow. But it doesn't ruin anything for me. Like, he also spends exactly as much time talking about the red filter that's when right before you see bosses. Mm -hmm. And he just hates it. Like, it's this weird, like, proclivity that he has that's very, very odd. But, yeah. Yeah. I haven't seen that particular uh, that that particular thing, but having just rebeaten the uh, the last giant today, it's a little bit weird that you see the red filter right before that when it is not explicitly an old one. Yeah, yeah, just for boss cutscenes, mm-hmm. like the red filter isn't for for old ones. Mm-hmm. It happens for the pursuer too. It's anytime there's a an intro cutscene mm-hmm. okay. for the for the uh, for the boss. Mm-hmm. So, so mm-hmm. yeah, moving on to Robin Gilmore, who had this to say on Facebook. Sorry, but the pit highlights why Dark Souls is a better game than Dark Souls 2. Sitting at the bottom of Blighttown, I remember feeling so lonely and desolate and wondering if I could ever escape. When I eventually reached the end of the tunnel, bliss. But in the pit, I could warp to Majula any old time and had two rings of life protection. The stakes were not high, and therefore it lacked the emotional resonance that only comes from feeling that sense of elation after despair. The combination of warping and infinitely repairable life rings plus the pain of being invaded by horrendously overleveled trolls really breaks this area for me in many ways. Hmm. Hmm. Yeah, like fair enough. Like the, the, we talked a little bit about the um, decision to be able to warp bonfires and, and what that means and how it's kind of changed the, the design and philosophy of the game. And like the, the, you know, the jury's kind of out on it. You know, I understand like why people don't like it. Um, I found like the bottom of Blight Town is is all well and good, but like something that made me think of is that feeling of despair I got from the bottom of um, the what is the name of the giant tree in Dark Souls One? Oh, Ash, uh, sorry, the Great Hollow. The Great Hollow, and I hated that. Like, yes, I was felt despair and hated that I had to climb back out, but it was way, way, way annoying. Like, I under I will give something a little bit of credit for making you know making a gameplay concession. Yeah. Um, you know, like that is not always a bad thing. I'm not saying that Robin's saying it's sure. always a bad thing, mm-hmm. but the, yeah. uh, you know, I am, I'm okay with it in that. Like, I do think that the, the, the pit or specifically, um, the gutter is a little, you know, unsubstantial, like we said, like there's not that much to it, mm-hmm. but, uh, mm-hmm. yeah. 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 I like them both for uh, a lot for different reasons, but you know, now that I, I'm, I'm achieving some kind of distance from my first go through on Dark Souls 2, one thing I really miss is the idea of building, you know, familiarity equity with certain areas in terms of when there would be a, a you know a shortcut that would kind of like slowly usher you back into you know something that like oh wait a minute i'm seeing how all of this draws together yeah um, and you know i can see that with white town because that is that's pretty far on a spoke you know and in, in so far as dark souls one has spokes before yeah. you can you know warp everywhere and it's kind of like yeah that kind of does you know, make you feel isolated and lonely, and that is something I really value um, in games. Um, but, uh, but, but, yeah. So, so I, I can see that as a benefit um, to the Dark Souls One approach. But like, I can also like Dark Souls Two for what it does um, in terms of convenience. Um, whether or not 
I like one better than the other. That's kind of up for later decision, but I can, mm-hmm. I, you know, like, like you, I can recognize what happens, um, when you notice those consequences, you know, the, those, uh, those contrasts, right? Yeah, I, I, yeah. I really, I would agree with that. Like it, it's, you get, it's, it's good to, or it's fine, well and fine to prefer something, but like, it's not inherently bad that the sequel decides not to focus on that. Mm-hmm. You know, like they've just, they're going for something different. Yeah. Which like, again, like the <clears throat> ultimate balance of that is going to come later. Yeah. Whether what I ultimately think about that, but it, it doesn't inherently feel like a bad thing for them to, to try to make it about something different. Like the game is not trying to be about that feeling of desperation. Yeah. It's okay to like that better, mm-hmm. but that's not, it's not a failure. It's a different intent. I feel like. Yeah. I mean, and you know, like maybe one possible conclusion you can make out of this, like Dark Souls 2 doesn't make it more of a game, but Dark Souls 2 definitely makes it more video gamey. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Which might be what some people are reacting to. Well, but you know, something about Dark Souls 1, I'm not as invested in the feeling of despair that you get from being stuck at the bottom of the Great Hollow and hating your life as I am so much. <laughs> in the moment when you get the Lord Vessel, I think I made a comment about this in season one of the show, but the moment when you get the Lord Vessel and you realize what it can do mm-hmm. kind of reframes the way that you see the world in Dark Souls 1, and it almost serves as this sort of changeover from when the game becomes about being desperate and weak and not sure that you're ever going to finish to having like kind of a sense of mastery over the world. Like once you beat Ornstein and Spo and you get the Lord vessel, you've sort of made it in dark souls. Yeah. And that to me is, was both super awesome as a moment and was also very like, it's, it's video gaming in the sense that really what the Lord vessel is, is an awesome power up. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, like, I don't know. I would agree with, like, I agree with Robin at this point that I prefer Dark Souls. There are a lot of things I like about Dark Souls too, but I'm waiting on that DLC before I drop <laughs> out. Conclusion, I guess. Yeah. Hopefully somebody from From is listening and knows how yeah. important this DLC is. Yeah. yeah. My opinion is going to make or break it from, yeah. and I know that I'm very important <laughs> to you as a consumer. So how crazy would it be if there was like a, a late era Bioshock Vita Chambers patch that was like, okay, you can turn off um bonfire warping until you get uh to the shrine of winter which i say arbitrarily knowing that would completely break a lot of the structure of the game yeah mm-hmm. i i mean you could it, it's like the thing with vita chambers is they happen automatically yeah. whereas bonfires are like there isn't a patch but there is the achievement mm-hmm. and the item you get for not using them so it's like already if something if you don't want to use it don't use it mm-hmm. um and the game is you know it is much harder but the game does want you to be able to do that. Well, uh, but I also think doing that like kind of fundamentally changes it in the way because then you can't level up. Which in Dark Souls One you can level up at bonfires. Well, so, you can still level. You can still level up. You just have to walk back to the Herald every time you do. Yeah. It. Well, yeah, but, but I'm saying basically it makes it harder than Dark Souls One ever was. If you, yeah, yeah. Or yeah, I got you. Yeah, because uh, since the bonfires, you know, have, have two purposes, mm-hmm, and the right. the idea. I mean, that's one of the biggest changes that feel like a, an anti convenience feature. Like the only being able to level up at the Emerald Herald is something that, like, I, you know, I I think I dislike. Like, I understand a little bit what they're trying to go for mm-hmm. with that, but it's not my favorite thing. Yeah, um, you're right though. Like that would be that would be part of it. Um, but you know, if if it was literally just turning down turning off warping. Um, like you can turn off warping on your on your own if you want to. Um, it's just uh, but it's like it the, it's like the Ring of Life protection. But it's there. I have to. Use yeah. It. <laughs> See, I, I never use the Ring of Life protection. Like it's, I, I have so no problem denying myself something like that. Like, yeah, I just I don't. Uh, I I'm not trying to say this is like a some kind of really bizarre dick measuring thing. It would be very specific. But like in video games, if there's something I don't like, I don't have a problem not using it. 
that is a weird thing. That's not a brag because who would be impressed by that? But like, <laughs> it is true. Like if, if it's like, oh, I don't really like that. Like I never really used a ring of life protection yeah. in, uh, in dark souls two, And it didn't, didn't bother me to not do it. Yeah. Um, um DJ Davis says via Facebook. Um, and then we, this might dovetail very much into what we were just talking about. Yeah. Uh, Robin pretty much said exactly what I would say. Being able to teleport in and out of the pit completely kills and destroys any amount of tension that the developers were trying to create. A poor imitation of the superior atmosphere and design of the Valley of Defilement and Blighttown. Also, what's up with those textures on the pillars that hang down? There are modern tires and furniture on them. It's like they forgot to put real textures on those things. Totally weird and out of place. Um, I think we mostly addressed that, the kind of first point. Mm-hmm. The second point, that is... Crazy. It's like the Heineken bottle. Yeah, in, uh, Heineken. Yeah. The Saints. Yeah. That, that is a problem. Yeah. It's, just... It seems like placeholder art because, like, even more so than just tires, uh, there's also, like, modern-esque furniture in that. Yeah. Like, it, it feels a little bit like stuff that was included in the Unreal, you know, Engine 3 toolkit. What if yeah. the last DLC has your character entering the real world? <laughs> like, you walk out onto a city. <laughs> And they're going real crazy with this time travel spacey waciness. And that's where all that stuff came from. So it would be either like the Dark Tower or that episode of The Simpsons, The Treehouse of Horror, where he goes from Tron to erotic cake land. I would, man, controlling a Dark Souls character with Dark Souls kind of game feel walking through like the streets of a Grand Theft Auto. Like I would, I would, I'm interested in that. I would try it. I don't think that's going to happen. I'm not trying to actually excuse it, but like that would be, that would be a real ballsy twist and real stupid twist as well. Yeah. Uh, It'd be a novelty is what it is. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I I noticed those mostly because of how, uh, uh, just undeep the seaming is on that texture. Like, you can mm-hmm. see where it cuts off as it tries to wrap around. You would think that if right. it was very well considered, they would have at least tried to make it, you know, whole because that is not something that is dynamic. They had complete control over that. They just kind of opted to make it look shitty. Mm. Yeah. What if uh, What if it's a, a function of the ambient lighting? Like, you know, you were never supposed to really be able to make those out even with the torch. Because yeah. if the whole kind of level of lighting went down, you know, the torch would... Oh. It's like this would be even, even more... Uh, you know, hard to yeah. make out. So when they raised the gamma, it was just kind of like, oh, they're never going to be able to see this except when we make everything lighter in service of this engine thing we're doing. Yeah. Yeah. And it was something they couldn't fix in time. I could see that. Yeah. No, I mean, not yeah, to excuse it. Like it the case. Yeah. I mean, that could, that could explain it. It's not, it's still poor, you know, attention to detail mm-hmm. for sure. But, uh, I wonder that would kind of make sense. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. I forget. Is this me? Uh, yes. Uh, yes. <laughs> Why not? So uh, Jeremy Greer says via Facebook, uh, Jeremy, hi, Jeremy. Uh, I like that if you take a summon down to fight the giant, uh, an extra one will appear. Stuff like that really makes me happy, and I wish that there was more of it. I also liked the gaming, finally, uh, forcing you to use the torches in the pit, but the gulch didn't do it for me. Although any area that houses my dear friend Dark <laughs> Dark Diver Grandal gets at least a few courtesy points. Can we instate that as official currency, uh, courtesy points? Uh, Uh, He continues, side note, invading the gulch is hilarious because the poison statues shoot at you as well. I did not know. So he's saying that if you go down there with a summon, there are three giants instead of two? Yeah, they do scale Well, the way he reads it, does it? Okay, because when he says when you summon to fight the giant, it almost makes it look like the first time he was down there, he had help Mm -hmm. and was surprised that there were two giants. Yeah. Um, I did not realize that scaled up. That's, That's confirmed. Yeah, that's something that I've read on uh, at least two wikis. 
trying okay. to confirm that. So, I mean, as confirmed as that can be, that is, uh, yeah. that is you know, something that checks out. Okay. Yeah, that's, that's, that is interesting. I had no mm-hmm. idea. Yeah. So, like, as a mini-boss-esque encounter, like the Pursuer on the roof of uh, the Forest of Fallen Giants, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I can see yeah. that. Yeah. Good, uh, yeah. And and uh, my brother in the dark, Jeremy <laughs> Greer, Dark Dival Grandal. Yeah. Every day I'm dark diving. Yeah, I'm really hoping that with this Hexcaster I can finally, you know, conquer that. But yeah, join join our brotherhood, man. Yeah, I know. I you, tried. Once you go Texas, you won't you won't go back. Like, no, I tried real hard. Like, and I'm on my way. I've got. Yeah, it's I've great. Got, I'm 2020, man. I'm 2020. Yep. It's a good place to be. Yeah. You you won't put you don't you don't need to put stats on other things. Nope. Texas <laughs> are so good. <laughs> um. Yeah, I think this is Viv. Yes, this is me. Um, this is Matthew Maupin. I probably pronounced that wrong via Facebook. The gutter was a strange experience for me. I played through it with the game audio all but muted while listening to an old WAF episode. Hey, look at that cross promotion. Hey, got cool yeah. for you guys here. Yeah, thanks, Matthew. <laughs> so I can't comment on sound design. All I can really remember is that I fell down somewhere I wasn't supposed to and landed on a platform out of sequence. The Black Gulch wasn't much better though it is one of the few places in the game that made me glad I was rolling a magic-based character. Turns out that the basic soul arrow can break those stupid statues just as easily as a sword or a mace. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. Dark Souls, after you go through the first time, it becomes a really great podcast game. <laughs> yeah. Like, uh, I, I will listen to a, to a podcast while, uh, while ham-jamming on some, some Dark Souls too, for sure. <laughs> I'm sorry, did you just add ham-jamming to that lexicon? Yeah, ham jamming. That's, yeah. that's that's what you're doing. There's grab nabbing and ham jamming. You're, you're playing the game. Okay, cool. Just that's fine. I just want to make sure I'm catching up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> because there's cram jamming, but this specifically involves pork products. Yeah, this is this is yeah, this, and and strip jamming and jamming cream. All 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 things that that happen. Cream jam in USA. It's 2007. It's part of a rich oral history. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> and by oral, we, I mean the place in which those are crammed or jammed. Yeah, there, there we go. If we're still looking for a one-off T-shirt for, <laughs> for this month, Cream Jam in USA 2007. No, we we already know what the one-off t- T-shirt's going to be. I okay, just, I thought I we just, didn't know what the uh, postcard was going to oh, be. Oh, the postcard, yeah, but uh, we can't do. Uh, I mean, oh, I mean, we'll we'll talk. We'll talk. Okay. Yeah, I know All what right. the T-shirt's going to be. The postcard. I've got something in, in the works, but uh, okay. I don't know. Visit Patreon.com/slash/DuckFeedTV to find out more. Yeah. What are we talking about? There, there, uh, there are many months in the year. Cream yes, Jam in USA will become a thing. <laughs> I hope Brian Aid gets it. I just, um, I just picture you like a dude on a surfboard on a wave of cream. Yeah, yeah, iced cream. <laughs> oh yeah. man, uh, Emily Bracken says via Facebook. Um, is this me? It doesn't matter. Uh, it um, really yes. does not. Go take it. I love the noxious Technicolor Dream World atmosphere of Black Gulch. I noticed on my last run through the gutter that the ambient heartbeat was coming from the poison-spitting statues. Uh-huh. If you destroy all the nearby statues, the sound stops. Hmm. Um, I guess this is why the sound becomes louder and more pervasive in the Black Gulch. But what do you think that means that the statues have heartbeats? I wonder if this is yet another example of puppetry, inanimate objects being imbued with souls. That's pretty right. great. So yeah, I, I, didn't, I didn't bring that up in the episode because I didn't have enough time to edit this response before yeah. <laughs> before we went into it. <laughs> Uh, yeah. so yeah, that's great. I love the idea of each individual statue having a very quiet heartbeat, but when enough of them are in a place, it being much louder mm-hmm. as though yeah. they were all in sync with one, uh, with one heartbeat, you know, as, as though they were sharing the same dream. 
Right. Yeah, just just two hearts. Yeah. The beat is one. Queens of hearts is what we call these guys. Um, and I, yeah, I like that a lot. Yeah. Yeah. I like that being another example of the puppetry, too, because I see that as another one of the kind of through lines in the game that is sort of underexplored by people in their first impressions of the lore and stuff. It's something that shows up in a lot of different areas pertaining to a lot of characters. And there's probably something there. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Well, I mean, the, the the closest analog we have in terms of statues that make, that make sound is the uh, the laughing curse pods, right? Yeah. yeah. So, well, you know, the introduction to the game in that intro movie, the way that it depicts your character being hollowed, you have this like hollow space on your back, like one of those puppets almost. Oh uh, like, yeah. Hmm. Hmm. Yeah. Interesting. M- much more to think about. Indeed. Yeah. All right. And Close out, Cole. I will take us out with Andrew Frost, who writes in via Facebook. Thank you, everybody, for coming on for us on the Facebook. Holy shit. Mm-hmm. Uh, he says, uh, the first time through the gutter was horrible. It was dark with floors that gave way and enemies that seemed to come from nowhere. It really brought out the fear in me. The second time through, it made me realize that there really was not that much to fear. You know, with how simple it was. Sure. Yeah. When somebody says bring out the fear in you, doesn't like that instantly makes me think of like, you know, somebody saying that in a threatening way to somebody, no. like a deliverance style, like, it's like the, bring out the fear in you. It's like the scarecrow, right? Like, that's yeah. his ultimate goal. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Yeah. I mean, and that speaks to, you know, a bunch of the Dark Souls stuff, which is knowledge contract, you know, contract space, which is one of the major theses that we have on this network, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. So thank you, Andrew. All right. Yeah. Thank, and thanks to everybody. For yeah. uh, for right. commenting, how uh, can people comment if they have things to say about the uh, shady, misty, ruiny woods? <laughs> the shady, misty, <laughs> ruiny woods. Oh well, the primary space is to go to duckfeed.tv/contact, pick bonfire side chat from the drop down menu, and that gets into the system. Also, you can go to facebook.com/slash bonfire side chat. By the time you're hearing this, there is probably or will soon be a topic about this uh, about this very uh, about this very line of thought, I guess. I just wanted to avoid saying topic again. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, indeed. Area. <laughs> the, uh, the, yeah. And yeah, thanks everybody for that. Um, Vivian, thanks for sticking around again. Yeah, no it problem. It's my pleasure, guys. Yeah. I had to wait and see what kind of shitberg is in uh, Bloodborne so we can have you back. <laughs> for the, uh, just, the most garbage area. area where your character just commits suicide when you start there. <laughs> like over and over. Yeah. Like that when you <laughs> escape from the prison through like a literal river of feces. <laughs> We'll have you uh, have you come by and talk about that. It's Shawshank Redemption level. Of, yeah. <laughs> yeah. No. Time was. Yeah. No. Indeed. That's all. Um, yeah. And uh, yeah. So we'll just real. There's been a long uh, appendix. Mm-hmm. Um, just, uh, you know, you can do the usual stuff. We mentioned the the Patreon, um, you know, patreon.com forward slash duck TV. It's a huge help. If you can come there and kick us a couple bucks. Um, ratings, reviews on iTunes. Listen to the other shows on the network. And, uh, and Yeah. That was probably good. We got some deleted scenes for you. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. thanks for listening, and check them out. Let this land swallow you whole. Umbasa. 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 Thank you. <laughs> Umbasa. <laughs> Umbasa. <laughs> Nico and Vinsa. Enchante. <sighs> That's a stuff. It's like, it's like listening to a, a tune that doesn't resolve. <laughs> you know? I've got, here, let me, I'll be right back. I'm going to do an audio thing. Okay. Give me two seconds. <laughs> Gonna drop your keyboard? <laughs> oh. 
I think Gary might literally be listening to some audio on his own to soothe himself. It's <laughs> just some way to relax, don't worry. Yeah. Or, it, it's like, or I'm sorry. <laughs> or, or he might just be playing those two notes from Fur Release over and over again because you know, it drives me insane. No, I'm, I'm going to do this instead. Here, listen. All right, ready? Oh my god, what are you doing? I'm hitting a plush Mario turtle shell. Oh, okay. But I've left it before <laughs> before it resolves. Okay, cool. So when you do the <laughs> like it's a, I hate it. Like it's, it's, I know it's like, that, that, that's something that would be a nerd Guantanamo. <laughs> Thank you. Ah, there we go. <laughs> Isn't it hard? Like it just, it just it's rough, man. Huh. Um. Hey, uh, <laughs> man, oh man! Oh God! I'm gonna use the restroom real quick. Okay. Yep. Are you are you cool sticking around to do responses, Vivian? Yeah, sure. Um, I will do the same thing. Just yeah. oh yeah, yeah. no, you can definitely get it out of the way. <laughs> only, <Yeah. laughs> only only regular hosts get. <laughs> yeah, get it out of the way. I might have to pee later, so I have to go out. <laughs> Grab nab this now. You just gotta try. <laughs> yeah, road trips. Am I right? BRB. Yeah. All success i think my my problem with with writing something with going through with this this book idea or something is just that i don't want to end up being have you read this forbes article uh that's titled uh dark souls 2 like why dark souls 2 is the worst game i've ever played or something to that yeah yeah i I don't want to be that guy (laughs) (laughs) well it's probably not the worst game you ever played so there's one simple way not to be that guy Oh yeah, and I don't think I write like a crazy person or speak yeah. like a crazy person. So that's yeah. you got two two strikes in your favor. <laughs> I feel terrible <laughs> if that guy is uh, someone you've got lined up to host this season. <laughs> I don't know who that guy is off the top of my eye. It could be a soul's luminary. Yeah, and it just that would be an awkward awkward episode. That's always my greatest fear. Like it hasn't quite happened, but there's been a couple times we've had people on where I felt like the fit was a little bit weird. And uh, that would be my greatest fear is just have somebody who's like super, super, you know, I don't think anyone's going to be mean. In my experience, like people aren't actually cruel, but they could be, uh, you know, just fit in in a real bad bad Uh, way. Have you ever listened to the the Jordan Jesse Go episode with the Penny Arcade guys on it? I have. And I I really just like Jordan (laughs) Jesse Go, but I listened to it because it was like, who do I hate more? It it is a fantastic piece of audio. Yeah, it's pretty just, just nerd awkwardness and and it's so it's like I I it's so hard for me. it's one of those things where it's like uh, the enemy of my enemy kind of thing because like listening to it I got to think like oh you know what like I think Jordan Jesse Jordan and Jesse are like really kind of in the right here even though that pains <laughs> me to say it 
that that is you a know? very strange thing to come back to hear you saying out I know, of context. Right? Is it? Wouldn't it work in like as like a clickbait? Headline? Like <laughs> you wouldn't believe why Gary like Butterfield cool. thought Jordan Morris and Jesse Thorne were somehow in the right. Because um, then I never think that. <laughs> Um, yeah. But if you listen, uh, Viv was bringing up. Did you listen to the episode they did with the Penny Arcade guys? Uh, where they straight up just like left? <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, it was very awkward. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean that like what happens when an unstoppable object meets a you know immovable force, <laughs> an right? Intolerable force. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what happens when an unpleasant object meets an intolerable force? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, you know, and I say this is a person who had my who had my phase of penny arcade fandom and listening to their podcasts and such and still mildly tolerates uh Jesse Thorne on Judge John Hodgman, right? Like mm-hmm. I listened to it and I was like, Yeah, you know what? <laughs> Somebody's mm-hmm. probably right here, but I'm not happy either way. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, but that is uh, that's infamous because uh, the Penny Arcade guys they did a comic strip about it, right? Where they supposed that Jesse Thorne would decapitate them and freeze their heads. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There was a giant page thing that they ranted about it and about how like everything that Jordan and Jesse represent is like the epitome of what's wrong with contemporary society. And then, like, they never published the episode of the podcast for a long time, apparently. Yeah, and then sort of went yeah. back and published it, and they were like, "This sucks." We're putting it up anyway because we think there's unintentional humor in it or something like that. So, yeah, yeah. which like to me was just a strong way to like misunderstand what not to like about those guys. Mm-hmm. Like who are like, you know, I'm sure they're good guys. Like I, you know, take that part. Like I met um, my my girlfriend is a, a Maximum Fun fan, and I met uh, mm-hmm. Jordan Morris, who's like a super nice dude. I hear he's like, incredibly like deferential. Like he's very uh, he's very gregarious. Like yeah. he will be diplomatic with you no matter what. Yeah, like he he's he is a, a fine human being. Like I don't you know none of this stuff is personal. It's just like the his output is not to my taste. Mm-hmm. Um, but the uh, if you were gonna not like something like that, that's the exact like just immature, terrible way to go. Like, oh, he's gonna be a serial killer because he was wearing a bow tie and mm-hmm. you know had like it just it's just fucking stupid. Whereas like you could have come away from it being like, you know what, that's not that's not for us because this this kind of new sincerity like they're they're yeah. over gregariousness like things that like i don't like about them you can you can recognize and and poke fun at you know yeah. without uh without being hyperbolic and and like the penny arcade guys mm-hmm. so yeah anytime you can not be like the penny arcade guys i'm in favor <laughs> so, don't do what they do you can you came across a fork in a path in a snowy woods, <laughs> and, I, and I and I decided that I would go the road less Penny Arcade traveled. Yep, yep. Anywhere that anywhere they're not. Yeah. So I'm gonna get mad at video games. That's the one I picked. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, those guys. It's been a little while since we've we've ranted about those guys. On the show. Thanks, Viv. <laughs> Which one? Penny Arcade or? Penny Arcade. Like, okay. we, we haven't really ranted about the Max Fun stuff. Like, I think that we both just kind of don't like it, but we're reasonable human beings about it. Yeah. I mean, but, you know. Mm hmm. My brother Mia's good, though. Yeah. I mean, there's good shows on the network, mm-hmm. and there's tons of good people involved, mm-hmm. you know? Like, they're, uh, you know, same thing with, like, Nerdist. Like, I don't really like those podcasts, but there's people who are in there that, you know, are, like, I don't like Chris Hardwick, but I like people who are involved. Oh, God. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. That's a very good comparison. Yeah. yeah. Like I, yeah. I think that he is a black hole from which charisma cannot escape. Mm-hmm. And I, I think that, that he uh, is, is a non-additive presence. Everything he does, like, 
You know, he's, I would call him the Doug Benson of podcast if that title wasn't already <laughs> taken. If like, he just doesn't, already. Yeah, he just doesn't add very much, but like he doesn't, uh, you know, there are tons of people where I think, like, I love Todd Glass. Todd Glass is on there all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, Chris show is. It's just, uh, it's not that big a deal. Getting mad at a uh, podcast is like being mad at video games, yeah. I think. Enchante. Yeah. Is that pup? Donut pup. That's a puppy. Mm hmm. <laughs> Hello? Hello? Good. That's a good hey. puppy you got us like It's a puppy. <laughs> good puppy. Oh, <laughs> He's facing <laughs> donut puppy. <laughs> He's very determined. Yeah. He, he loves donuts as well. Hmm. Uh, how's it going, man? Uh all right, I guess. I, I had just gotten back. I'm kind of glad that you guys started a little late because like, I had just gotten back from the grocery store. I thought that we were starting at like 8 my time because for some reason I thought Ohio was an hour behind the East Coast. Nope. It's because I'm bad at time zones. <laughs> but by all rights, we ought to be. If I travel 10 miles to the west, um, then I am in a different time zone. So mm. that, is, uh, the, 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 that is an okay misconception to have. <laughs> Can you imagine if time zones were done on instead of the demarcated by hours if they were a gradient like across <laughs> the United States? So like literally, you know, you were like three, you know, two hours and forty five minutes, you know, behind me, and then Vivian was like, you know, yeah. four hours and twenty two minutes. You know, that's kind of a thing, right? No. Yeah. Yeah. There's they're not a... perfectly aligned along like parallels. Oh, but the, the, there's a there is a new. I mean, I don't know how new it is. I think it probably popped up like in the 70s or so. But there is a certain designation of time, which is kind of like metric time, that is meant to be expressed only in um, well, like, like without without regard. So it's always the same place everywhere. It's just the or it's you know it's always the same number every at every point around the globe. It just changes you know what time the sun rises and sets in your area. So that so that noon and uh, noon and midnight don't always fall at the same you know kind of time. I, but, I think I understood what you mean, but you did it. That was a terrible job explaining. That. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, sorry. I, 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 it's okay. Like, yeah. just like if we if we get a chance and this shows up in the, the bonus one, re-listen to that and see if like yeah. put yourself I, in a strange. I, I, I also oh definitely. I also have a very uh, poor understanding of it, so that is probably the best I could do to explain it because yeah, it's a dumb idea. Yeah, well, it's terrible. <laughs> yeah. Like there there was some like it was it was a big thing when the internet started uh, getting popular. Just in terms of like, oh, we're no longer bound by things taking, you know, days to get places. So we need to have a way to make this all kind of work, which if that's the case, then just make it, oh, it's just Greenwich Mean Time all the time. You don't have to have a, you know, crazy new number system. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. They're like, they're, they're, there was like an MMO that used it and it popped up a couple of places like that. But huh. This is this is something I, I deal with on a daily basis. Time time zone kind of stuff. Oh, okay, <laughs> you meant the specific time zone? No, no, no. I mean just uh, just in terms of you know clients in Malaysia and clients in Australia and all these kind of things. Do you observe daylight saving times? Yes or no? I get real real weird when I say PST instead of PDT or otherwise because that means different things to different people, and yeah. that is a very real like oh we just missed each other by an hour or uh, PTSD. Yeah. So. <laughs> yeah. Okay, we're gonna have this meeting at eleven o'clock PTSD, so we'll be shivering in a corner, screaming the horror. 
eventually. It reminds me of calendar reform, which is one of those weird ideas that will never take off. Yeah. Enchante. I was hoping to spend six hours bumble fucking around with the dark soul track. <laughs> the dark sign. Mm. Bumble fucking. <laughs> <laughs> just bumble fucking. Just walking around in a bee costume. Yeah. <laughs> instead of a stinger, it's a dick. dick bug fucker. <laughs> you gonna get with this queen bee? Suck up this royal jelly? Do it. <laughs> Bumblefuck. So, I mean, the game does have a poison moth costume. In yes, it, it does. It's yeah, you, you can be a bumblefucker in, in Dark Souls 2 Machinima. In, in my 42 chapter fanfic. Mm-hmm. Fanfic.gov. Yeah. That's a. Huh. Yeah. Seriously, guys, if you had the chance, would you guys have sex with a bee? Just throwing it out there. I just... <laughs> I'm, ter- I'm terrified of bees. Yeah, I don't know if I would either. Yeah. Just, just saying it. I mean, it's 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 one of those it's one of those few fear. It's it's a very pure fear because it is being you know afraid of something that can directly hurt you. Like yeah. it, it is it is ingrained in you as a child. Like and you know it's not always reasonable, but like oh freak out like ah it's a bee it's a bee like you see kids doing. But I think that. And, you know, as an adult, a full-grown adult has every right to be afraid of a bee. Because it is an irritant and an inconvenience. And I do not want to have my dick anywhere near it. And the kind of bees that are really shitty, like wasps and stuff, don't really seem to have much of a beneficial purpose either. You know, the honeybee is... Yeah, 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 much of a sex drive either. Yeah, but they're so They're just all anger. They're so skinny, just... They're, 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 those wasps are out there strutting their stuff, setting an unrealistic expectation for the honeybees out there. I yeah. mean, let alone the bumblebees. I'm more of a bumblebee man, personally. Yeah. Like, uh, I don't want to be, like, hate-fucked by a wasp. <laughs> like, <laughs> uh, you know, just real stodgy, like, just kind of just really wants to set up in suburbia and, you know, mm-hmm. just kind of like an I got mine kind of thing. Those Like a frumpy house bumble. <laughs> like that's a frumpy house for. wasp. Yeah, that's what yeah. I want. Yeah, well, you want a little bit more adventure in your life, like a, a humble indie bumble. That's what I want. <laughs> yeah. Also, bees were kind of ruined for me because in the lead up to the to, to the release of Bee Movie, Jerry Seinfeld's like first press junket after the end of that show that he did called Seinfeld. Um, yeah. Going out and like just saying, "Well, you see, the bees are altruistic." Like, <laughs> like this <laughs> this passion project of his being sparked by a genuine interest that a comedian has in an insect <laughs> and him trying to relate this to, uh, to, to Jay Leno. It just killed any and all enthusiasm I could have had for fucking a bee. Yeah. For fucking- <laughs> like previous to that. Yeah. What's the deal Actually, with altruism and dancing? Am I right? That's like topical. Isn't that movie about like Jerry Seinfeld as a bee is moving in on a human lady. And it's yeah. got a weird sexual. Uh-huh. Yeah. Oh, okay. That's what I thought. <laughs> yeah. It's like a weird, it was right around the time of Sonic the Hedgehog 2006. Uh, you know, we had just elected an all democratic Congress or d- democratic majority and, uh, we were ready for some change and then just interspecies sex go. <laughs> yeah. Also, it doesn't make sense because he has a stinger and male bees don't have stingers. Yeah. Huh. Burn. <laughs> mm-hmm. Check your facts, <laughs> Mister. Check your facts, Jerry. I was thinking more that you were doing a sick burn on male bees. <laughs> <laughs> Take that. No stingers. Yeah. The way to unfairly gender bees, Cole. <laughs> no, I mean, <laughs> yeah, I know. Maybe. <laughs> am I being? Am I being being normative? Yeah. <laughs> Be normative. It, it's like a terrible campaign about like. <laughs> 
like having a stinger only if you have the correct like gendered parts, like in, in some kind of horrible dystopia. Be normative. <laughs> wow. Uh, hmm. How about that something awful forum outage? I was actually like, when I saw that it came back, I was actually a little disappointed because. As weird as that sounds, I was kind of hoping something mo- like monumental would happen, like <laughs> like Lotex would announce that he was just done, or something that would otherwise generate like drama and amusement would occur, uh-huh. other than just going back to the status quo and stuff. I'm honestly a little disappointed that it's back. <laughs> what was what was funny, and I had to catch myself multiple times, is when it was back, I was like, "Oh man, the forums are back! I've got like five weeks of you know, like, <laughs> yeah. days, but, like five weeks of things to catch up with." But no, like they couldn't post either. <laughs> so yeah i just went it was exactly like i left it it was like a you know a forum trapped in amber yeah it's like time um, quake is what it is yeah yeah exactly <laughs> we're all like just that, here yeah. again yeah. i was astounded and a little embarrassed by how many people like some of the threads that i post in i clicked on them like the day that the forums came back up and there were already you know 50 new posts and i was like <laughs> oh geez like this is <laughs> like you- so many people have been sitting there like hitting f5 the entire time the forums have been down well it's i mean it's weird like you know how when your power goes out and you just kind of can't stop yourself from muscle memory going for a light switch like <laughs> I, like i would do that just opening up the awful app on my phone you know just like in an uh-huh. idle moment like oh i wonder if they're oh yep nope can't happen and then that's how i discovered that it was back on yeah because I was following low, you know, low tax on Twitter. So it's like, oh, like I should probably be mindful about what this says about me. But then, you know, I'll just go, you know, go back to. Go, yeah. You, go. you go where, where I dare not tread on the something off forums, correct Vivian? Like, I think that I feel like you spend some time in, uh, you know, debate and, and discussion and, and such. Uh, not really. I think I, I think I go where you dare not tread. In places that are far less intellectual or faux intellectual than that. Like, I, like, I posted a lot in YCS. A lot of my posts count as from that. Okay. Yeah. Vanished. And then I post, like, right now I've been posting in that incredibly terrible gamers.txt thread that has just turned into. Yeah. Yeah. That, that, that outgrew my ability to keep up with it. It's, yeah. Well, it's not, it's not what it's supposed to be anymore. It's just mm-hmm. goons being petty weirdos at each other now. Yeah. Mm. And for some reason, I can thrive in those environments. <laughs> huh. mm-hmm. yeah. But it's back. <laughs> our, our long national nightmare is uh, over. Thank you, thank you God. Yeah. Oh, well. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. Do you want to get started, everybody? Yeah, we, we, yeah. we can do so. You just call me Air Buddy. Everybody. Everybody. <laughs> oh, everybody. Yeah. It, 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 my, my little buddy, my air buddy. <laughs> what does that mean? Um, it means you perform sports for my amusement. There's no like, rule yeah. that says you can't do it. Yeah. <laughs> Famous uh, volleyball dog, Gary Butterfield. Is I, I'd be a badminton dog if I'd be anything. Well, shit. Hold, hold the, the, the racket like, like Sif. Mm. Smack around on the shuttlecock. <laughs> Um, <laughs> just paddle it around. What's that yep. game where you have the two uh, the two balls that are uh, connected by uh, by a rope and you throw it at a ladder like thing? Oh, that's, that's, uh, pretty, that's pretty fun. Like toss stick or ladder ball. Yeah, ladder ball. Yeah, yeah. I'd, I'd be the dog of that. Fucking toss games. Yeah. <laughs> <Midwest>. <laughs> I hate toss games. Oh. The uh, 
the, the my first exposure to Toss Hole, which is the main Toss game. You mean um, Cornhole? Um, I don't know. I don't care. Yeah. I, the, but the, <laughs> like these jabronis out behind my apartment playing it, tossing, tossing holes. Mm-hmm. And uh, just like all night long, joylessly, like just the rhythm of like beanbag hit. And like no one was wooing. No one was talking to each other. Just like like they were practicing for a tournament or something. Just walking back and forth, just toss holing all night right outside my window. Yeah. yeah, fucking toss holes. Yeah, the best toss game is the one that you abandon halfway through because you're talking in the middle of it. Yeah, well, <laughs> like, yeah, or you go play a real game. Well, I mean, okay. real sports like football. <laughs> I mean, like, <laughs> of, uh, of the pantheon of games that you can play with a beverage in the other hand. I you know. see. I, th- I think I'm always going to go. Like, I think the best toss game is probably horseshoes. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, you horseshoes know? is classic. Yeah. <laughs> no. Not- <laughs> I mean, for a toss game. <laughs> <laughs> We're grading on a curve. Yeah. Yeah. yeah this is true. <laughs> I mean, I mean, nothing can be lawn darts, right? Or jarts. Yeah. Not anymore. Yeah. Not since the Dude. government happened. Yeah. I feel like there have to have been horseshoe-related fatalities, too. Oh, I'm not, sure. Not just lawn dart-related ones. <laughs> yeah. Not least of which to horses. <laughs> like <laughs> Getting all infected. <laughs> Yeah. yeah. No, I mean, you can just, the, the horseshoe lobby was powerful enough to keep them legal, whereas the jarts lobby, <laughs> you know, up and coming, yeah. they represented a political minority and they just, they, they got squashed. Yeah. <sighs> yeah. Then you can start on the squash lobby. <laughs> the squash lobby. Uh, uh, the League of Non Sport Sports. <laughs> just represent. We all pray that we will have far more soon.